For years, Texas Tech fans have been clamoring for a true point guard. With Richard Isaacs coming in, it looks like they may have one. We've got the breakdown on Pop Pop coming up on today's Locked On Texas Tech. Our Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Texas Tech, a member of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, so be sure to go subscribe to our channel and leave a like on this video on YouTube, and then subscribe to our feeds wherever you get podcasts. I'm Ryan Mainville, he's Emery Elida, and today we are going to begin our freshman previews. We just finished our season reviews for guys that were on Texas Tech's roster last year and will be returning once again for the next season. And now we get to get into some of these incoming true freshmen. And I'm excited to cover really all of them, but especially Pop Pop Isaacs, because I feel like he's been a guy that's received a lot of attention coming out of the cycle and a guy that has, uh, it seems like really high expectations from the fan base, a guy that feels like is going to be a, a part of the fold pretty quickly here. Um, and, and it seems like fans are, are more than happy with that scenario. Yeah. I mean, you look back and Isaacs has been sort of the main recruit for tech dating back for about a year and a half now. And certainly when you look at the 2022 class and how kind of tech decided to build their class, it looked like he was, Sort of the main priority early on in the in the late 2021 obviously committed briefly decommitted but then recommitted as well and i mean i can't think of a better fit from a peer like from what tech fans have been clamoring for which is a guy that is a pass or is a good passer at the guard position can play as a pure point guard can shoot the ball well that's what isaac brings to the table it's been clear to watch that on tape he's been kind of someone that tech fans have become very familiar with, whether it be on the court and off the court, seeing his social media and everything, seeing what his dad posts. So he's really at this point been engraved into Red Raider Nation from the get-go. And so, I mean, you look at all of the guys that tech have added this offseason, whether it be freshmen or transfers, and you have to say Isaacs is probably already the most entrenched within the culture and within the team, just based off of the amount of time that he spent being committed to tech and kind of, acting as a little bit of a figurehead for what Tech has been doing in their recruiting efforts. And certainly, I mean, that's mostly the off the course sort of thing. But when you look at him on the court, he's a really good piece to have a consensus four-star recruit. He was top 60 by 247 sports. He was 74th in their composite ratings. He's someone that has a lot of hype around him. He's played high level high school games. Obviously he's been on the circuits and everything he's been showcases production for years now and if you look at what he provides as a player it can be a really exciting archetype going forward yeah i'd go as far as to say i think he's the best true point guard recruit that texas tech has ever landed obviously uh john roberson deserves a little bit of conversation for that but on the surface and looking at just his role coming into his true freshman year uh, of college I'm not sure that there's been many names better than Pop-Pop Isaacs that have been in this conversation. I mean, a guy that is 
the seventh best all-time Texas Tech recruit, according to 24-7 Sports. He's almost a 97 grade, uh, as you mentioned, consensus four-star. He's played at the highest levels, best player coming out of the state of Nevada, top 10 point guard in the nation. He's a guy that I understand the excitement for. Like, I mean, going like years in the past and looking at some of the recruits that this program has landed, like there have been years where we've had to talk ourselves into guys that, you know, maybe aren't jumping off the rankings or are a little bit lower. And like, that's just basketball and that's the way things work. But whenever you land a guy that's, you know, one of the 10 best point guards in the country and has played at such a consistently high level, it's really, really exciting as a program to watch a guy like that come in. And it's so exciting um, to where you even don't even like remember that at one time, Pop-Pop Isaacs had decommitted from Texas Tech. But then the Texas Tech staff got that under wraps really quickly, got him back within the fold, uh, which is a massive win for the program because I don't think that next year's roster truly would have been the same without him. I think that he's going to prove to be a really important piece right out of the bat, whether that means starter or uh, kind of off the bench rotation piece we can talk about later. But nonetheless, I I think Texas Tech is very glad to have him back and secure. I think he'll be on campus in a couple of weeks here, and I expect him to make some noise as a freshman. Yeah, the Thing, the phrase that sticks out to me the most when I look at Pop Isaacs is just the the phrase ceiling raiser. I really do think if he can reach his potential as a true freshman and really play what he's cap- to where he's capable of and what we've seen glimpses of on tape, this is a guy that could make your roster go from a first weekend team to possibly a Final Four contender. And I don't think that's hyperbole because his strengths and his creative passing ability in particular is something that a lot of teams around the country simply do not have. And it's something I don't know if tech has ever had a player as gifted at passing come into the program as a true freshman. I mean, obviously you can make debates about guys that have played as primary ball handlers over the course of the years. Obviously, I mean, you're going to hear about Keenan Evans, Jared Culver, John Roberson, all of those guys. I mean, Devon Thomas, you, you name them. There's they're guys that have been considered to be, good bowling or for tech. But when you look at just the pure passing skill that Isaac brings to the table, that is something that this program simply has not had out of a freshman. And you said he was, he's probably the best point guard that tech has brought in in history. I don't think there's any real debate to that. I mean, you could say Roberson's production is going to be a level that Isaacs is going to have to sort of supplant and be better than, but if you look at their resumes as recruits, I think it's hard to kind of argue that Isaacs comes in as a better or as anything or if he, it's hard to argue that he comes in at a, as a lower level player than what Roberson came in as. And if you look at everyone else across the board, I mean, it's just simply, Isaac is a different tier player when you look at what he comes in with. And the playmaking's there, the shooting, if it can sustain itself and translate, is going to be there at a really high level. And obviously, shooting is something that is going to be kind of difficult to project completely, but certainly there's room to be optimistic. And if the shot comes around, the playmaking is as good as you're t- as we've seen, then you could be talking about one of the best guards in the country as a true freshman, or at least one of the best freshman guards in the nation. And having that on Texas Tech, it's a huge benefit. And I think it really just opens up the doors for a lot of new possibilities with the roster. Yeah, Texas Tech has essentially been given Play-Doh the last couple of years and tried to make something good out of it. I mean, we've, we've seen guards like Mac McClung, Kyler Edwards, Kevin McCuller, 
um, really nobody since Matt Mooney has kind of come in and, and truly fit the bill as a lead guard. And so I, I think that this is a really exciting guy to get in the fold because true point guard skills are hard to come by and they're really difficult to replicate. Like I think each of those guys that I just listed off did really good things in that one spot for Texas tech, but it's just, there is no replacing the basketball IQ that gets developed when you've played lead guards at a competitive level for years in a row. Did you consider Matt Mooney to be a lead guard? I would say he was more of a secondary creator, but I would trust him with the ball in his hands more than I would probably Kevin McCuller. Would you consider Kevin McCuller a lead guard? No. Right. But that's the way that he ended up just like getting forced into. And that's kind of my point is that like this is a skill set that that Texas Tech has not had and and they've been trying to survive without it. And that's a dangerous game to play. Yeah, I don't think Tech has had someone that's been comfortable as a lead guard or kind of been that's been their main role. You could say Keenan Evans, but if you remember back to how he kind of operated in 2017, 2018, 2016, 2017, you would say the last guy to play purely as a lead guard, I would argue is Devon Thomas all the way back in 2017. Like, because Keenan played kind of in sort of a guard by committee approach in 2017, 2018. Saw his assist numbers kind of reached a high in 2016, I believe. You look at what every roster since then, you had, I'd argue in 20, Culver was more a PBH than what Mooney ended up being. And then recently you've had the Chris Clark experiment. You've had Kyler Edwards running the point. You've had Kevin McCuller. You've had Mac McClung. You've had a little bit of Adonis Arms, Davion Warren. I mean, you name it, a whole lot of secondary guards. But none of them have been really primary ball handlers. Like guys that come into college and their main role coming in, their expected role is as a lead guard. And I think that changes with Pop Isaacs. I think his, his passing creativity is a level above any of those guys that we've mentioned. And I mean... That's really exciting because I can't say that he's going to be as good or better than some of the names we've mentioned. I mean, that's a really high bar to cross, but certainly you're not going to have any questions about him at least being comfortable as a lead guard. And that's something that I don't think you can say for anyone else on the roster. Yeah, there have been some uh, some mad scientist moments at Texas Tech with the guard spot over the last couple of years. And uh, it, it looks like those could be coming to an end at least for a year. And so everyone will rejoice over that. want to take a look at some of the skills that Isaacs has and how they can project to the next level. But first, a quick word from Bilt Bar. Summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Bilt Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Throw them in your bags, in your kid's backpack, Make sure that everyone has a bar so you are fueled for your summer adventures. The best part about Built Bars, they're healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both. And it's easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order now. Built has a ton of good flavors like banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, and so many more. They are all delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. 
Well, thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. Be sure to go check out Locked On NBA Big Board. Host Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA Draft, Mock Draft, Player Rankings, and of course, Big Boards. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So... I mean, we, we've talked about it a little bit already and kind of hinted towards this idea that uh, Pop Pop Isaacs is this true point guard kind of player and want to take a like a little bit of a deep dive just for a second into what we mean uh, by by saying that. I mean, he he's a floor general, and that's really the best way that uh, I feel like you can even begin to summarize it because the way that he runs the court, the ball is in his hands. He is really good at making the right read. He's got a good handle. Um, and then he creates offense for his teammates. Now, I think that what we're going to see at Texas Tech is maybe uh, a little bit more scoring and getting to the basket. I do think that we will see him uh, create for his teammates, but as we've mentioned before, it's been so long since there's been a true point guard at Texas Tech that you, you may be having to adjust your your entire offensive scheme if you're Mark Adams. And obviously, that could be changing with some of the assistant coach uh, rumors that are going around right now. But nonetheless, I, I feel like Pop Pop is at his best whenever he is getting to the basket and then when he is helping uh, make the extra pass to guys and beating defenders off the dribble. That That is where he is at his best, and he has looked truly elite in those moments throughout high school. Yeah, specifically talking about one aspect of his passing, I would say his live dribble passing, especially off of drives, is about as good as you're going to find for an incoming guard in the 2022 class. I mean, he has the ability to keep his head up and while being while driving and while utilizing the dribble, finding guys and sort of making those passes in motion. It's something that a lot of times tech has struggled with. They've struggled with guards that have been maybe out of control on drives, making passes. Obviously we've talked in the past about guys like TJ Shannon, who have kind of struggled with sort of keeping things under control on the drive. And then you also heard guys like Kevin McCuller at times, I felt like could be a little bit slow to process in the half court don't have any of those issues with Isaacs. He's someone that has been a fast processor when it comes to making decisions off the drive. And I mean, if you watch his game in high school, he is someone that really relies a lot on his driving ability. And on one hand, I think that's good because it certainly is a skill set that he can utilize. And obviously, like I mentioned, the passing there is elite level. I don't have any doubts about that. The creativity is there. Maybe he can be a little bit too greedy at times, but certainly he's about as skilled as a pa- of a passer off the drive as you're going to find. The only hesitation I have on that is that when you get to the college level, specifically playing in the Big 12, there are going to be guys that are just going to rough you up. That's just kind of how it's going to go on drives. You're going to have you're going to have to play them in no middle defense. You're going to have to deal with guys rotating quicker than he's ever seen before. So I definitely think there's going to be an adjustment period there, and will that impact how he's able to play offensively? Not really sure, because certainly, I mean, you just haven't seen him play a lot as an awful complimentary style player much in his high school career or anywhere else, really. And so it's kind of hard to get a good good grasp on how he would fit in with that system. But certainly, I mean, the on-ball creativity he has and even the pull-up ability, I think that that's something that I'm not as sold on his shot as I feel like some people might be. But certainly, again, like the thing that comes to mind with Pop Isaacs is just his ability to 
make decisions and in motion, make kind of decisions while he's in the act of having a live dribble, whether that be shooting or passing or kind of adjusting his approach. Like those are some things that are comes natural to him. And a lot of guys, a lot of guards that you see at the college level and quite truthfully, a lot of guards that we've seen in tech don't have that ability. They don't have kind of that natural instinct. And so instinctively I have no doubts about him as a ball handler, but certainly the first year is going to be an adjustment period. And depending on how he can adjust to the big 12 level competition could make or break how he play fits into the rotation just because he's not he's not really accustomed to playing off the ball and we haven't seen much of a sample of what he can do in that situation yeah and this is where i feel like we could have a little bit of kind of a bryson williams bump where he uh, gets to this level and he's playing against guys that are world-class athletes and he just takes a second to adjust like i think that it's a fair thing to maybe be on the lookout for i mean we're talking about a guy that is six foot two enlisted at a hundred and i think 80 pounds which is pretty generous uh it might take a minute and he might get some hard fouls he's gonna hit the deck a couple of times in big 12 play and it's not gonna look good um but where i i think he he's gonna realize is the strength is not going to be something that he can use at the collegiate level like he did in high school. You're not just going to be able to out-muscle guys, but he absolutely has the first step to get into the lane and create problems. And while that might not look like finishing through contact, it can mean drawing fouls, and it can mean creating good looks for your teammates by forcing the defense to collapse on top of you. I think that that's where... Uh, pop-up can really shine now I think that learning that will take a little bit even with a guy that has such a high basketball IQ uh, it just takes a minute for those things to to bake in and that's why playing point guard in the big 12 is so so hard at, at any age but especially as a true freshman and then I'll just say like I am a little bit optimistic on the shot I think I'm still a little bit in wait and see mode um, I don't have his senior year numbers available to me quite yet, but uh, as a junior, he shot 48 of 109 from three-point range. That is 44%, obviously a different breed at the collegiate level, and it's a whole nother challenge, but uh, he is certainly confident, and I think that is something that I really like. Now, he he's going to have to make an adjustment, I can tell already, kind of, from the shot selection, and I think he's going to have a little bit of a Jemias Ramsey learning curve because he shot a whopping 205 three-pointers as a sophomore on the varsity team, which is just nuts. But that number got almost halved uh, last year playing in essentially the same amount of games. And so uh, he looks like a coachable guy, a guy that a lot of people in, in the circuit have a lot of good things to say about. And so... I think that there will be a little bit of an adjustment period, but that's not a knock on him. That's just Big 12 basketball. It's a different league. You know, I'm big on comparisons. I have two. One of them is going to be very outlandish, and people are going to get the wrong impression. And one of them I feel like is a realistic development curve that kind of hits close to home personally. Do you have any guesses on them? Well, that last one... Makes me maybe think R.J. Davis. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm going. It's not so R.J. Davis is kind of the more like realistic development curve. I think I, they're not exactly the same as players, but R.J. Davis is someone that has a lot of the same live ball creativity. I feel like off of drives, 
has a good first step. Obviously, I think strength-wise, I feel like RJ might have a little bit of, of advantage there, but that's just because he's been in a college program more. And I feel like from a shot standpoint, Papa's probably a better motion shooter from three. And Davis has certainly kind of worked on his shot. And it wasn't there his first year, but it has been the last year. So I think in general, looking at RJ Davis, the big thing that sticks out to me is the live ball creativity. And again, like using utilizing the driving kick is something that he does very well. And then the outlandish one, and I'm going to do this mainly from an approach standpoint, but there is a decent bit of Trey Young in Pop Isaac's game. And I'm not going to compare them as players because I think Trey Young is like literally like the 99.9th percentile outcome for Isaacs. But if you watch the tape and you watch the way that they play, there's just the confidence that Isaacs has shooting it from deep. But the fact that the bigger thing is the creativity that he has with his passing ability. And he is one of the most sort of naturally gifted passers I've seen just in terms of anticipation and processing. Very Trey-like. And if you remember when Trey went to the NBA, the first half a year or so, he was awful. Awful at shooting. He committed a ton of turnovers. And then it's like the game slowed down. He picked things up. He was able to sort of channel in that sort of creativity and ability. And ever since then, he's been one of the best players in the league. I think that could be a realistic expectation for Isaacs when it comes to Big 12 basketball is it's going to take him some time, I feel like, to adjust to exactly what the league does defensively and what certain players give him from a physicality standpoint and night in, night out, having to go against some of the best guards in the country. But once he gets going and once he can utilize and kind of channel the creativity and the shot-making ability, you you have an elite-level passer. You have someone that, at his best, can be one of the best guards out there. And that's a real gift because there's a lot of guys that peak and don't have that potential capability. And for me, it's the mental game in Isaac's in Isaac's arsenal that really makes me optimistic about that. And just the passing ability he has and offensively, just the creativity. Like you don't see guys like that come in every day. And even if it takes time to sort of materialize, I feel like eventually it's going to click for him. I got a weird one, and the defensive element of this makes me a little bit hesitant to say it, but almost like if if the shot doesn't come around for Isaacs, I could see almost like a freshman Devon Dotson kind of type role, like a guy that's not a super high clip three-point shooter, but can make a, a couple a game, uh, is making good passes, uh, but still struggling with turnovers a little bit, a guy who's getting some easy rebounds, a guy that's putting his hands on the ball, using his quick instincts to disrupt the opposing lead ball handler. I don't know. I can kind of see that as like a lower floor um, option for him if the Trey Young thing doesn't work out. Yeah, Dotson's a good shout on that one. Certainly, I've pro- I feel like I trust Isaac's jump shot a little bit more than I did Dotson's when he came out. And Dotson was someone that, played a lot in Charlotte in, in his upbringing. So I got a chance to kind of watch his game quite a bit. And he, he always seemed like he had a little bit of development to work on with the shot. And I feel like Isaacs is maybe a little bit further along, but in terms of the driving ability, the playmaking ability, you're right, right on the spot on that one. And certainly if it does take time for Isaacs to develop the shot, I feel like you can have a similar sort of role where he's an elite level playmaker that is able to generate a lot of assists, a lot of opportunities for you, but at times, acts like a freshman, plays like a freshman, makes freshman mistakes. So 
good that's a good one i think dotson's probably more realistic than trey young but you know it's a podcast dude we're talking about pop isaacs we're talking about one of the best recruits in texas tech history you got to go big when it comes to comparisons it's gonna be the next trey young i got faith in it our partners at bet online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info like if you want to double down on pop pop isaacs becoming uh, the next nba all-star you can find all the latest odds news and sports developments including this year's nba playoffs mlb scores fights and even next season's nfl futures bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs esports and more head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action bet online where the game starts the big question is how is he going to play next season where is he going to play next season obviously texas tech ha- has landed a couple of veteran guards throughout this uh, transfer portal season. And uh, we, we've kind of seen that push Malik Wilson out the door, presumably. And now uh, you've got Richard Isaacs kind of sitting on your bench, probably wondering where he fits in. But looking at the roster as it stands today, uh, give me your best guess on, on what a realistic role could look like for him uh, this upcoming season. Well, I feel like he's going to be sort of in the... Have, he's going to have the potential to start. That's going to be kind of the up. The ceiling for him is being sort of a fringe starter, getting 70, 75% of the team's minutes over the course of the season. I don't feel like he's going to start from day one just from a seniority standpoint, but who knows on that. But you've got you brought in two guards into the system in Demarion Williams and Davion Harmon of a lot of a college experience. Harmon obviously is more of a ball handler. Williams as a pure shooter. And... Both of those guys have skill sets that Tech really can utilize. And so in order to displace one of them, and then looking at the three, another potential option would be to play small ball, have Isaacs as well as Harmon and um, Williams at the at the three. That could be a potential option as well. But certainly having the three of them together is going to be a good, good potential problem to have in terms of figuring out the playmate or the playing time between the three. So Isaacs kind of, Working his way into a French starter would be kind of the the ceiling for him. I think he can play alongside both of the other guards potentially. I mean, obviously, we've talked about how he can be. We haven't seen a lot of him as a complimentary piece, but certainly Davion Harmon is someone that we have seen in that role at Oklahoma when Austin Reeves took a lot of the ball handling duties, and I think he did a good job there. And so for me, I think that Isaac's going to fit into that guard rotation. I feel like he's going to be in the rotation regardless of what happens. And just have to work through some lumps with him. I feel like if he struggles early on in the season, you might see him kind of lose some minutes, but certainly I would be shocked if he didn't receive at least a good 30 to 40% of the team's minutes and at a minimum being the eighth man on the rotation. Yeah, I think a, a lot of things would have to click for, for him to start, at least be like a regular starter in Big 12 play. Uh, just because I, I think Davion Harmon health permitting is going to start every single game this season like I I just don't really see a scenario where that doesn't happen unless he just absolutely comes in as a much worse player than he's shown to be the past three seasons and then Demarion Williams I I really feel like is going to get used primarily as a two or a three and so I I think that Isaacs definitely plays alongside uh, Williams better 
in terms of kind of elevating Isaac's game, but maybe it'll be good for Harmon to play alongside Isaac's. As you mentioned, this is a guy that's played in kind of that secondary role. I think a lot of people would look back at his year at Oregon last year and say, hey, this is what happened when he was the primary league guard, and it looked a little bit better when he was playing next to a guy that was another facilitator. And so, man, I think really anything anything is open right now. All, all I would say is I would be very surprised if he's not playing regularly next season, even in Big 12 play. I think he's a guy that's going to consistently compete for minutes. Uh, Lamar Washington looks really good, and I think that he's going to get on campus and be a guy that takes a couple of people by surprise. And so I think that's another guy that Isaacs is going to have to compete with. Nobody knows what's happening with Clarence and Dolny right now, whether he'll be back or not. I don't really feel like that's necessarily a competition for minutes because those two guys just do two very different things on the basketball court. But you do not have a shortage of guards, which is really good news because it's been a long time at, at Texas Tech since that has been the case. And you've got a couple, I, I would say Harmon, Isaacs, and Washington to a degree are, are three guys that can really be needle movers. Like those are three guys that can really change the outlook of your season if they click. I think that Harmon does something a little bit differently than all those guys do and just the idea of his veteran presence. But if Lamar Washington is able to you know, make shots at all three levels like he's done in high school. And if Pop Isaacs brings the basketball IQ to the next level and is getting to the basket easily, man, you've got three very high caliber lead guards on your roster. Let me just say, I am extremely excited to talk about Lamar Washington because I think there's a lot to unpack in that game. But talking about Pop Isaacs and how he fits into the rotation, certainly I mean, you have to say the thing, the one thing that works against them is the sheer amount of guards that Tech could bring back. I mean, you're talking about, depending on how the next couple of weeks go, you could have Dominic Welch, Davion Harmon, Dom, or Demarion Williams, Lamar Washington, Malik Wilson, Clarence Adonley, any combination of those guys could all be back and playing guards. And while you say that there's shouldn't be much competition for minutes between Adonley and uh, and Isaacs, at the end of the day, you still only have a total of 80 minutes to allocate between the two guard spots. And you have to assume, like you mentioned, Davion Harmon's going to take a lot of those minutes. And so the alternative is for the nine minutes or whatever that Harmon's not on the court, like if that's all that Isaacs is getting, then that's not going to be much. That's going to be a spot rotation player. Whereas if he, so in order to do that, he's going to have to prove that he can play alongside Harmon some going to have to sort of prove his worth over a guy like Hendoli potentially who has played a lot as the second or third guard in the rotation or in the lineup and then obviously like guys like Demar Demarion Williams and Lamar Washington they don't play similar roles but there's bound to be some level of overlap in their minutes I mean it's kind of it's kind of like looking back at the 2019-2020 team where a guy like TJ Shannon's minutes sure he was a completely different player to Kyler Edwards for example or Chris Clark, but the way that they played, the way that the rotation played out, the minutes that Kyler got, the minutes that Chris Clark got in particular, had an impact on how TJ got minutes over the course of the season. And I think that's a similar thing sort of with the two freshmen in particular. Like, they might not be guys that play similar to some of the guys on Tech's roster, but just because of the way that the minutes work out, because of how the lineup's going to work with Harmon kind of being pigeonholed into the one 
obviously you're going to have a two big lineup for a lot of the minutes, presumably that's going to mean that the two and the three is going to be interchangeable. You're going to have a lot of guys that played very different roles that are kind of competing for each other's minutes. I mean, even a guy like Jalen Tyson could have a very small impact on what Pop Isaacs plays. And that's ludicrous to think, but if he's, if Tyson plays really well at the three, suddenly you don't want to shift Demarion Williams over to the three for 12 minutes a game. You're trying to cut that to like three or four minutes a game. And then that basically cuts off eight minutes for, um, for Pop Isaacs or Lamar Washington. So the indirect effects there can be very big. And certainly, I mean, it's going to be one of those things where the freshmen are going to have to prove themselves. And obviously you're going to have an adjustment period. But I think, like you mentioned, both him and Lamar Washington, and then obviously looking at the transfers and Davion Harmon, even Demarion Williams, all four of them, I feel like have the potential to be ceiling raisers for Tech because all four of them either have experience and pedigree or they have a skill set that's really going to be important important to what tech can do and i mean i'm excited because i feel like from a guard standpoint this is about as stacked as you've been coming into a season in a long time a lot of unknowns but a lot of really exciting question marks as to how things will play out and as they do you know that we will have coverage right here on the locked on texas tech podcast so be sure that you are subscribed to our feed wherever you get podcasts Go subscribe to our YouTube channel if you have not already. Leave us a like on this video. Comment what was your favorite part and how you think Pop Pop Isaacs is going to perform as a true freshman. We'll keep these freshman previews rolling out all week. As Emery mentioned, excited to talk about Lamar Washington. But until then, thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Big 12. Get all of your daily Big 12 news in less than 30 minutes with Big 12 expert Josh Neighbors. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you tomorrow.